Welcome to Mood Readers, a book review podcast where three friends conquer their TBR list eventually. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Mood Readers, your favorite podcast featuring me, Emily, your friend Jane, and our friend Nora. Uh, We are here today on the best day of the year. That's right. It's Halloween. Even if it's not actually Halloween, like it's basically (laughs) Halloween. I personally, my house celebrates. My house celebrates Halloween September and October and then like the first couple of weeks of November and then mostly every day after that, like in our hearts. Witchy season, all the seasons. Halloween is something you carry in your heart throughout the year. Exactly. (laughs) Halloween is an ideal that we all aspire to live up to. I have my Target decorations out. I also took time to specially prepare for, like, lay a trap for any serial killers that could be sneaking up behind me through that door that's over there by laying out a carefully selected arrangement of Transformers on the floor. (laughs) For them to step on. And, Mom, uh, how genius. Like, all yeah. Home Alone. <laughs> home Alone style. Exactly. You know, like it's not a smart person who doesn't learn from others' mistakes. So. Well, if they're coming, they're coming in that door right there. Ah, come on, man. <laughs> also, I mean, she keeps yes. looking behind her. So do we trust this trap? I don't okay. know. I can see a very familiar Batman toy. And I, that Batman toy can take someone out. He could. He oh, could. I believe it. <laughs> he also regularly scares me because it looks like a, it's really tall and it looks like a person. No, mm-hmm. my dog got into something and she's mad at me because I told her to wait because I have to podcast before I can take her O-U-T-S-I-D-E. Mm. Okay, so in honor of spooky season, the best season of the year, we are going to play a game where, like, I, you guys know by now, I love to categorize people and myself like Zodiac stuff. I like to be like, oh, I'm such a Pisces, blah, blah, blah. So one of my favorite games to play is horror movie categories, horror movie tropes. Who would you be in a given horror movie scenario? So I'm going to give you my pitch. So imagine we are in a slasher horror movie. We are teenagers, you know, we're like 17, we're invincible, our bodies are in peak condition, we're going to live forever. And we go to like, I can't decide if it's going to be like a camp. I think it's going to be a house. We're going to go to this creepy house where we heard that, you know, 20 years ago and, you know, a lifetime ago, uh, some creepy murderer was there and he like murdered his sister and then he killed a bunch of other teenagers and then he was never caught. But we should go inside, right? Yeah. What would you do? (laughs) (laughs) Nora is shaking her head. (laughs) Okay, so I'll go first. So I'm, okay, I'm deep in it. And I'm thinking about 17-year-old Nora. 17-year-old Nora would never have stepped foot near this house. So is that a category? Is that allowed? (laughs) I guess. (laughs) I mean, I would have, I would have missed out. I mean, I would have, and I would have not had a ounce of FOMO inside of me of not going with all my friends to this creepy house. So you're the girl, like in the very beginning when they're setting the scene for our characters and you're like, you know, high school girl, uncredited number two, who speaks to our heroine and you're like, our heroine invites us to go to this creepy house and you're like, I don't know, Ashley, or whatever. Ashley, I've got to wash my hair. Yeah, I don't think I'll be able to make it. And then, like, the camera will cut to our heroine, and it'll go from there. And, like, yeah, you can that's get, me. Like, a, yeah, that's you. Okay, girl, cool. girl number, right. yeah, smart girl number two. Perfect. At least and I get, you a, get a little bit of money. Yeah, and from what I understand, you get an IMDb entry. So. Well, I, I also survive. In this scenario, I'm definitely not a final girl. I don't have that trauma. I'm just very, I'm sleeping well in my bed at night, but upset that probably some of my friends are dead. You might show up in the second one. I might be in the, yeah, you're right. I might be in the second one. Plot twist. I also might be in the second movie book or whatever because I'm so overcome with grief that I now want to go after this Mm -hmm. person. That I've seen be. that movie. Yeah. But I personally am not going to the house. I'm not doing it in movie one. No, that's fair. Somebody has to be the girl in the high school who's like, I don't know, guys. No, thanks. And 
You know what? That's not me. I'm immediately, I'm driving the car to the house. Like, I literally did this in high school. Like, went into abandoned buildings and hoped that there were no stories about them. I absolutely, like, one of the first to die. Because I, especially 17-year-old, no fear of death me, was like, <laughs> let's go see the source of that noise so I can prove that there's nothing to fear. So I, I, in this situation, I'm immediately the first to go. You're that girl in Halloween, the one with the pigtails. The yes. one that, like, yeah, where you're like, oh, she's so nice and we've established some human empathy. Oh, she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, this is I don't how have the a lot of knows. screen time. <laughs> <laughs> this is how the audience knows that there's a slasher because he kills you. Yes. I'm Drew, I'm Drew Barrymore in Scream. I got my five minutes in and then I'm out. Very nice. And then you're out. Peace <laughs> out. I love but, it. That's a good, yeah, that's a good analogy. But you play a huge role because you get everybody there. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and then I leave and them behind. <laughs> yes. And you're on with all the of, posters. None of the, none of the torture. <laughs> Like, no. I don't have to be stressed out for the movie. I'm already gone, so. That's Which right. Easy. I'll light a candle for you. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so Jane is who I would be begrudgingly following. So in this scenario, 17-year-old Emily, not as wise as current Emily. That's fine. Like, I would go probably with Jane and be like, okay, yeah, I'm cool. Yeah, man, I'm so cool. And then I would get there and then I would be like, Oh, oh boy. Okay. Uh, oh, this yeah, is you, you would you not, if there was like a second floor and we heard a strange noise, you would not follow me up the stairs to the second floor. To the, okay. So was. I was going to say, I think like my, my trope is going to be like Eddie and it where Eddie is like, this is a terrible idea. We're all going to die. We should not do this. <laughs> This is really stupid. Here's some statistics about what this probably is and why it's going to kill us. And then your friend like goes in and then he like follows up to a point where and then he bitches the whole time. It's like, God damn it. You're going to fucking die in here. Like, because but you know, your dumb friend went upstairs and you feel responsible for them. And then I would probably die like second or third. That is I was I was about to say you might survive. But no, that is how you're going to die is you would feel responsible for right. that friend and go. Yeah, and I would follow you em somewhere. Emily would be like, we cannot leave without Jane. Yeah, yeah, I would. Everybody would have gotten out already, and I would be like, I gotta go. I gotta go back. I gotta and drag her dead body out of here. <laughs> yeah, I'm always, that's always kind of compelling in movies where it's like, like, their family deserves to know. I don't know that necessarily that fits in this particular movie that we're imagining, but, but yeah, I would totally die because I would tell everybody unasked probably that this was a terrible idea <laughs> that we're all gonna die and that <laughs> i didn't even pack like a weapon and then i would root through my purse to try to find like my um i always carry like a screwdriver just in case because like you could stab that through somebody's eye but then i would probably die second or third because i would be upstairs with my screwdriver out bitching and they would hear me and uh yeah i would die pretty early that's my scenario slasher movie the girl with the glasses who dies fairly early after telling everybody to stop. Nobody listens to All her. All right, I'll lend for you, too. No, nobody would. <laughs> all right, Dang. so we're all dead. We're all except, dead. Except for except Nora. Except for Nora. The hero <laughs> of movie two. The hero the that never was. Yes. The sequel. <laughs> the hero of the sequel. This is when you turn on Final Destination 2 and you're like, oh, she was, uh, she was in that scene. Okay. Yeah, I yeah that, that, that one. That girl. Yeah, you know. If you watch them back to back, they'll catch you. They're like, oh, yeah, right. it's here. Yeah. They'll know who I am. Jane, do you have a horror movie scenario that is different from the neighborhood slasher movie that we all just died in except for Nora? <laughs> I didn't really get a chance to live. There's no living. There was just existing. And then you have, you to have the, the emotional trauma. fallout. Yeah. Yeah. You, you're bringing in the extra guidance counselors at school. Like... <laughs> You get to wear like a black armband and speak at homecoming. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. That's terrible. <laughs> okay. When a stranger calls, your baby's sitting in a giant house, the phone rings, you pick it up. 
you know, it's this guy torturing you. You call the cops. They're like, the call is coming from inside the house. Like, fuck. Or another situation that's sort of cat and mouse is that um, old Audrey Hepburn movie, Wait Until Dark, where a man breaks into her house. But what he doesn't know is she's blind. She's blind. She knocks out out all the lights or something like that. And then the mouse has now become the cat. Or the strangers. You you get a knock on the door. You answer the door. It's some weird people. You're like, no, nah, I can't help you. And then they come back and they torture you. And at the end of the movie, you're like, why is this happening? And they're like, because you were home. So that's sort of like uh. random. Wrong place, wrong time. Because a psychopath has targeted you. Cat and mouse game. Where do we think our survivability is? Because we're going to have to go off of like our knowledge of the house or building that we're in. We know the other people don't necessarily know. So we have a little advantage and um, all sorts of different things could play out. So, okay. I have some thoughts. First of all, I just want to say that I'm knocking on wood because this really scares me. And what I'm going to say might be tempting fate. Um, I feel like I would do better in this scenario than I would do in the rando slasher haunted house Camp Crystal Lake kind of deal. Because I am one of those crazy anxious people that analyzes every exit when I get somewhere, including strange houses. And like, I always have a scenario in my head where I'm like, if I have to pick up one of my kids and run for an exit, which exit am I going to first? Which one would keep me away from like the crowd? Whatever. So anyway, I feel like I would have a slight advantage than I did on the other one because I would like analyze all the exits have a weapon always with me and then like i also feel like i would do badly at being like oh should we call the cops oh i don't know i'm gonna second guess myself but then when it was like oh no we're we're fucked then i would be pretty quick to be on the uptake about that and gtfo and hide so i I don't know does that sound accurate yes I think it's the same for me. I'm also that anxious person that always has a plan for like in a backup plan, you know, plan Z. I've always spotted the exits. I always think of the worst case scenario that could possibly happen anywhere I am. But I think my survivability depends on where I am. Because there's no way to know, like, for example, the babysitting thing. There's no way to know within, like, one hour every single detail of the house. Now, with my house, yeah, because I've already pretty much come up with every, you know, scenario ever. And I have, I literally have dream, like, nightmares about this. I had one last Ah. night about (laughs) about this. (laughs) So, thank you for that. Um. (laughs) <laughs> that's what that was uh, and I stayed in a house with no <laughs> curtains so <laughs> that is not my house um, but I've, I feel like there's too many variables to decide whether like yes I'm surviving or not but I think that I'm about 75% that yeah, it just depends I don't know well, I just feel like it's important to recognize in some movies, like, sometimes it's kind of randomized and there's you can't control it and, like, they just got you. So, like, yeah. Same. Yeah, what if they what if they have backup, right, right, like, right. some of those movies where it, start, it starts out with the one person and then it's like, oh, there's actually ten of them. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm for sure gone in that scenario. I think that I survive longer in this type of scenario. These movies tend to get to me because I, that sort of like tension with not knowing where the person is, I think that's what would end up like driving me crazy. So I think I would end up being someone who just like stood in the middle of the living room and was like, come get me because I just don't have the patience. So I think ultimately I'm dead for sure. But like I'm more dead on my terms because yeah. 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 And then maybe maybe the dogs can escape. You know, one time fighting the final battle. You take him down with you. Yeah. Obviously that's the most important thing that needs to happen is the dogs escape. Yes. So one real life scenario that happened is I heard I was using the bathroom and my master bathroom is really close to my carport area. And I heard a man's voice that sounded like it was inside my house. Meanwhile, my son is in the living room. And so I... (laughs) 
I legit hope this doesn't trigger anyone. Gun warning trigger. Okay, I grab my gun and I my son is like captivated by the TV. And so I'm like, you know, in a situation where my son's in the house, I've got my gun and I it's like behind my back. So he doesn't see it. He doesn't know it exists. But I literally go and I check every single room of my house before I realize that it was somebody who was at my neighbor's house doing their yard But work. see, you were ready. You were on that bit. And That's also, right. I was in my, in my favor, like I have a bedside drawer knife so like if someone sneaks up at me while I'm sleeping I I know exactly where to reach to like grab the knife so like I'm not completely unprepared but I have yes because I've gone to Universal's Horror Nights many years in a row I discovered about myself in current day and age that when it comes to uh, fight, flight, or freeze I'm a freeze person so like this is why I've just got to confront you like I'm not <laughs> running away i'm not like attacking you but like let's just show me where you are and let's just duke this out <laughs> do this i was gonna say that yeah, yeah. i was gonna say i feel like over I, may, I have a little bit of final girl energy so like one of my favorite horror movies ever is hellraiser and i want to clarify that i'd probably be the final girl that that does die but like, i'll make it really close but the reason, like, so in Hellraiser, at the very, very pivotal moment, like, Christy, our heroine, Kirsty, sorry, internet, Kirsty, our heroine, is like, she just, she stops being scared because she's just so mad. She's just so fucking mad. And she's like, yes, taking you down yeah. with me. And that she's sounds like, I'm taking like you, you back to sure. hell where you belong. And I was like, fuck yeah, Kirsty, let's do this. Like, I'm probably going to die, but you're coming with me. I'd probably do that. Yeah. If I got I, the chance. Yeah. I see that energy for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, Nora, do you have a scenario for us? I don't have a very detailed one, but I don't think it, I don't think you have to use a lot of imagination to go with this one. So it is a zombie apocalypse. Nope. You yes. wake up, you, you, <laughs> you wake up one day and then, you know, dead people are rising. It's contagious. Whatever. What? I don't know how. Too soon. I'm not good with details. It's just, oh, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> Triggers. Trigger everywhere. Sorry. <laughs> um, and so, basically zombies. Think The Walking Dead. We are waking up in a hospital and zombies everywhere. So, go. Mm. What would you be? How would you handle this? Okay. I'm going to go first because... I'm going to die first. My big plan for zombies. I have a crazy deep seated fear of zombies, probably because I saw that zombie movie that came out in theaters in like 2003 and I was young and impressionable and it was terrible. 28 days later. No, I saw that one too, but the other one, <laughs> the remake of Day of the Dead or Dawn uh, of the Dead. 28 days later is really good. It's super scary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So my big plan, I am going to go ahead and shuffle off that mortal coil real quick. But I'm going to figure out a way to take as many down with me as I can. So my favorite scenario is like, I don't know, finding a plane and crashing it into a building. And like, hopefully there's an explosion. But like, if I have to break in somewhere and set the whole building on fire, that's what I'm going to do. But I am not sticking around for the zombie apocalypse, period. <laughs> not doing it. It's not worth the Your statistics are terrible. Statistically, in a zombie apocalypse, you will be eaten alive any minute. Uh, so, yeah, what, was yeah. it? Um, was it Dawn of the Dead, where the movie ends, where they like get in a helicopter and they fly into the air and they just have no idea where they could possibly even land for safety? I think they do. I think. I oh god, I feel like we should say spoilers. I think the, the either that one or there's another one where they like the end credit scene, like the after credit scene. Is they land and they're like, oh, okay, this island, great, and then like zombies, and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's yeah, the they're everywhere. Yeah, so the yeah, okay, so they yeah, they get in the thing and they're like, okay, we have no idea where we can go, and then like after credit scene is like there was nowhere, they're dead. I will peace the fuck out, but I will take as many with me as I can. That's what I got. This is why I do not watch a lot of zombie stuff is because there is just really no happy ever after. Nope. No. The world is done. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I watched Walking Dead for a long time, and I, I really love that show. 
another zombie thing I watched. What's what's the Will Smith movie? Oh. I Am Legend. Yeah. So that traumatized me so much that I'm never watching any other kind of zombie thing ever. Yeah, because it's terrible. We, if you if if you know, you know. Mm-hmm. It it doesn't even if you know, you know. That one part, never again. Never again. I that I feel like that movie was one of the catalysts for uh, people to start making those uh, lists of like, are animals harmed in this movie <laughs> because of oh, that? Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I was sobbing, sobbing. I was hurt in the making of that yeah. movie <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. Zombies. This is a real, this is a real dark times. So what, what would you do, Jane? Okay. Zombies is one of those scenarios where we've all thought this through pretty for sure. So yes, I like- have, and I'm not, a, I'm not a horror girl and I have thought this through. <laughs> no, this started for me also with the walking dead because I was like, ah, realistic got all my tent camping equipment. I have like all my freeze dried food and my little water droplets and all that stuff. I have a hatchet. Like I have a bug out bag. I'm ready to go. I'm fully prepared. I'm a lifetime girl scout. Good. Where I think I'm fucking up in this world is other humans. And I strongly believe this. I will be in a situation. I'm going to make it a while because I've got the resources and I'm going to be in some sort of situation where there's some scared little person with a gun and I like move and they're not expecting me and another human shoots me and kills me. I 100% believe that this is how I'm going down in the zombie apocalypse is another human. And that makes sense. And you cannot convince me otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. That's the one thing The Walking Dead taught all of us is that, yeah. you know, we are the, the Walking hu- Dead. The humans. Yeah. <laughs> the humans. Yeah. They suck. And they still, I mean, like, even in the real world, they suck. Right. As we have I, seen. As we have seen. In the last two years. I think I would be right there with you, Jane. But, so I have also thought this out. I live in such a, like, community that I've already, I've, like, my next door neighbor has a garden. My neighbor across the street has a garden. Like, I have thought this through when, like, the political climate was really rough and we did we had no idea what the heck was going to happen. I knew who was like strapping with the weapons. I knew like, I was like, we can barricade our neighborhood and be safe in our like community. That's the only way that I think that I will survive is I, I'm a great leader. I can get everybody together. I can motivate. I'm smart. I can organize. I can, you know, handle that kind of stuff. It's just the same thing as Jane said, is if there's a bigger community that like (laughs) came in and wanted to like destroy us for territory reasons, that would be hard. I still think because I'm, I'm smart. I think I would end up being able to get my family out of it somehow. I feel like I would figure it out because I, you know, worst case scenario brain, but I don't know how long we would last on our own until we found another community type. Yeah, that's maybe fair. You'll, maybe you'll meet me in the woods and you'll be the one who shoots me. Accidentally. <laughs> Whoops. Accidentally. <laughs> uh, remove those yeah. air quotes. Yeah. <laughs> this that's the thing, like the pandemic. Like I've got my bug out plan for the apocalypse, but more for like a Fury Road, a Mad Max kind of apocalypse. Like I've got that plan. But one thing the pandemic has taught me is that being really smart and knowing the statistics and the likelihood of things isn't always really good for survival. <laughs> it's kind of a yeah. bummer sometimes when you're like, oh, it's not looking good. Doesn't look so good here. So yeah. You pointed out in like every zombie iteration ever, there's no happy ending. No. Nope. No (laughs) way to come out of this. Uh, It's been real. Goodbye, everybody. Peace out. (laughs) You should have vaccinated when you had the chance. When you had the chance. Motherfuckers. The smartest, the smartest of all of us is Emily, who was just like, I'm done, guys. I don't know about yeah. that. I helped. No, she's like, I'm out, but I'll take some of y'all with me. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'll do my part. I'll take some bad guys with me, but I saw the charts. I read the curve, like it's done. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. I'm I sorry, it's like- been so dark. 
No, I've even had, like, zombie plans that included, like, bringing my animals with me. Like, for some reason, zombies what I hyper-focus on. And I'm like, okay, here's how we're going to get through this. I'm definitely getting shot by another human at some point. But until then, here's the plan. I love it. Yes. My plan used to be... What back when I was like young and invincible, my plan was I have no survival skills. I am not a Girl Scout. Unlike Jane, I have nothing to be like, oh, she's a nurse or whatever. We should save her because she's really useful to the group. I have none of those skills. So the only thing that I could do with that plan, I was like, I got to find somebody like really strong and tough and make them love me. Because <laughs> that's all I got. I have nothing else to offer. Push comes to shove and like you have two days of rations left. You're all going to look at the girl with no skills and be like, well, maybe if we shot her in We're the gonna ankle. We're going to eat her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of escalated from there. But I have no skills. It's terrible. Okay. Hey, well, that was super dark. Your, se- your sexuality is a skill I would beg to differ. See, especially Thank when I was you. like 20. When I was like 20 and invincible and going to live forever, I was like, well, got to fall back on something. The the world's oldest profession. (laughs) That's right. Like, don't you really like me? You could shoot that zombie for me. Yeah. Listen, sex work has been helping women survive since like the dawn of people. There you go. That is the only way that I would make it through the zombies. But again, I'm not invincible anymore. I'm very aware of my, my mortality. And so today, Emily would be like, nah, this has been real dark. I apologize. Uh, (laughs) This has been been dark times with Emily. Uh, We're going to move on from that. Uh, But you know, it's Halloween. It's cool. So we have all read uh, really spooky books, except for Nora. And we're going to start talking about it. So we're going to move to our book reviews now for this special Halloween episode. And we're going to go to Nora first. Nora, what have you been reading? Okay, my book may not be spooky, but it's still terrifying. That's fair. If you're, is it, is it about I'll, teenagers? No, it's not. <laughs> not this time. Okay, so this may not be spooky, but it terrified me. <laughs> okay, so I read Tell Me Lies by Carola. Carola? I don't, I don't know how to say her first name. Sorry. Lovering. So this actually is a new Hulu show. That's how I became aware of it. And then I haven't watched the show, but I found out about the book through that. So the premise of this and the reason why I decided to pick it up is that it's you'll always remember your worst. It says here, Tell Me Lies is about that one person who still haunts you. The other one, the wrong one. The one you couldn't let go of. The one you'll never forget. So, naturally, you know, if you if you guys don't know about my, my past. But it intrigued me. So I picked it up. So, good girl Lucy meets bad boy Steven. He's charming, attractive, complicated, devastating. So, we've got college life. Your typical college life. There's parties. Lots of drugs, toxic relationship times a zillion. The book follows uh, Lucy and Steven's connection through college and then after college. And um, so they're dual POVs. So you get to hear from Lucy and Steven, their point of views. They both have loads of issues like outside of their little relationship connection thing. And then throughout the book, we get to see how their lives play out. So, my, I guess my review, okay, this is my review. To say this book was triggering for me is not an exaggeration. Like, I felt like I was immediately just back in college during my, like, during the dark times. The dark times. And (laughs) the dark times. And that's why I said this is terrifying because as I was reading it, I just was like, oh my gosh, this is way too relatable. As far as the characters go, I hated Lucy 90% of the time. There's some toxic eating disorder stuff. And so if you are easily triggered by that, I would not recommend this book for you. Check out the triggers before, before you dive into reading it. 
so there were definitely several things throughout that that she said that I was just like, ew, that's gross. But as far as the TV show, I do, I have heard they cut that out. They don't deal with that at all. So if you want to watch the TV show, the, the eating disorder, toxic, body shaming stuff is not in it. That's good. So as far as Steven goes, <laughs> I I felt like I was reading the he who shall not be named like inner monologue. It was insane. And something that I do like about the book is they don't romanticize the toxicity of their relationship. Like it just very much is what it is. You've got Lucy who is this nice good girl who just those of us who've been through it just falls for the wrong guy. Just, you know, believes all the things that he says. I I wouldn't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So not relatable. And then you've got Steven who literally is just like, I mean, his POV is just the worst of the worst. Like, he's just a trash guy. And he is unapologetic about how he is in his POV. And so I just was like, oh my gosh, am I in he who will not be named mind right now? So that was very triggering because I was like, Ugh, you should have known. But, you know, you live, you learn. I really liked... I liked the end of the book. I liked the end of the book version of Lucy. It's very much, you know, similar to how we all go through that and then we transform into who we are now. So I really appreciated that. And I just really liked the premise of the book. I felt like it's very unique. You know, usually we read these romance books with, you know, you meet the one or the, you know, something like that. And, or it's toxic and they romanticize it. And this is not like that at all. Like you're not rooting for them to be together. (laughs) together. Okay. So wait, you're just, is this a romance book? I don't know if I would consider it that. I mean, in my mind, Tell Me Lies immediately spoke thriller. So I was like, you know, I was like, of course, he's a sociopath who's targeting this young woman because it's a thriller. But um, I guess I was wrong the whole time. It's not that kind of thriller. It's just more of like a what's it's more like a coming of age story. Gotcha. Kind of. I'm trying to remember. I think there are like some some sex bits in it but it's not very like steamy romantic like stuff it's just like this is what is happening this happens and then you kind of get it from his point of view and you're like (laughs) oh no Uh, because he's trash he's just Uh, like he's the worst he's the worst one oh no so i liked the unique concept of it that's what drew uh, drew me to it and also I just found it super relatable and so it was it's kind of empowering that like oh okay well this is I'm not alone I'm not the only one who ever made horrible decisions and chose the wrong one and you know live to tell the tale so <laughs> so I gave it it's I wouldn't say it's a great book. I enjoyed it. I gave it three stars. But no, I would never be like, oh, this is quality work. But I did read it pretty fast because it intrigued me and I needed to figure out how it ended. That does sound scary. (laughs) That sounds terrifying. (laughs) Don't want to go back to those days. No, thank you. Especially (laughs) knowing his inner trash bag monologue when they have sex, like, no, that sounds terrible. It's, it's not quite that. It's not quite that detailed. But he does say some things where you're like, I wonder if so-and-so thought that uh, kind of thing. Uh. I do not read to find myself in books. So I want to read nothing that I might <laughs> identify with. I'm trying to escape and escape only. I had to like take some breaks. I did not go into it thinking it would be so on the nose for me. Except... Yeah minus all the drugs and so i was just like i was i was creeped out but also like all right surely we're gonna rise above here (laughs) that sounds intense that does sound intense it was i think yeah i think we could put that under horror like you know of a kind sure you were horrified i was horrified again (laughs) 
<laughs> so you said you gave it three stars. Who would you uh, recommend this to? What kind of reader? What are they looking for that you would recommend this book to you? If you're looking for something different, if you're looking for something that you could relate to in that situation, maybe read it. I just really, I picked it up, honestly, because it was a unique storyline. And my friend said, Nora, you have to read this. So she, and she read it thinking, oh my gosh, this is her college no. story. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to oh, get rid man. of that friend immediately. Yeah, that's not good. <laughs> really You've got a scorched earth that period of your life. <laughs> no, she has, she had similar experiences. So we both were like, ah, together. So I would recommend this as a buddy read. So you can, you know, text that, that girl or, or guy and be like, oh my gosh, this happened. Did you expect that? Blah, blah, blah. Cool. I know know that I said I read for escapism, which is completely true. But also there is like a a lot of healing that can come through reading through trauma like that. And the book can help you process your own trauma of toxic relationships and stuff. And yes, it it helped me. Yeah. Yes. It totally made me go back and think, okay, you got through it. That was trash. It wasn't all your fault. And, you know, good thing you didn't marry that garbage. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. Okay. Well, that's intense. And I love how it sounds very different. Um, And that's like part of the appeal. So that's cool. Jane, what have you been reading this spooky season? This spooky season, I just finished Slewfoot by Brom. Slewfoot is another book all of our readers will be able to identify with and find relatable because it is about the Puritans oh. and oh, man. <laughs> witchcraft. Ooh, okay. All right. I'm interested. Okay. So Slewfoot was a a slow ride and then a wild ride. It takes place in 1666 in a village called Sutton. I cannot remember if it was like in the woods of Pennsylvania, but you know what? America didn't exist then. You know, it was the Indians had had a settlement there. The Puritans had pushed them out. Now they had a settlement there. What could go wrong? Right. <laughs> Tons of things as it turns out. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> so we've got uh, our main character, Abatha. She is married. She got sold into marriage by her father in England. So he sold her to travel across to America and marry this dude named Edward. Edward turned out to be, you know, a weirdly sweet guy for someone that purchased a wife. It's always but- a bad sign when they do that. So. Abatha is a feisty lady, feisty redheaded lady, as we all are, inner if not outer. And so she has a hard <laughs> time keeping her her tongue, and which is important to note because in Puritan land, if a woman speaks up about anything, a man who is not her husband could be like, shut it, woman, you need to learn your lesson and have her sent to the stocks where she could just hang out in the stocks and learn her lesson about speaking and maybe some people will throw manure at her so this is sort of how we're starting yeah remember when i was like man i really romanticized the people who got accused of being witches in blackbird pond um i regret saying that after reading this book there was nothing (laughs) romantic and there, there is romance in this book, but there is nothing romantic about being a Puritan, is my official stance. <laughs> That's fair. It, it's I all think I agree. <laughs> mud and shit and men telling you what to do. Oh, God. Uh, there's no plumbing. Like There's uh. absolutely no plumbing. Um, oh, God. And there's like, and there's like no air conditioning. So there's just bugs everywhere. Like there's a lot of bugs. Yeah. So Abatha is married to a surprisingly sweet Edward who has this older brother, Wallace. Edward dies pretty early on in the book. And Wallace is like, oh, great, because, you know, I tried to grow tobacco up here in the north and it turns out it didn't work. I'm in debt and I'm going to take your land to pay off this debt that I owe this man. And when Edward dies, he's like, ha ha, 
here's my chance. And Abatha's like, uh, actually, I'm his wife, and I am here to fulfill his duty in his time here. And his duty was to farm his land and pay off his debts. So that's what I'm going to do. They take it to, like, you know, local magistrate, and the reverends agree that Abatha has the right to carry out Edward's duty, and she has the opportunity to farm the land. And if she doesn't make enough of the crops to pay it off, you know, then she loses the land. Wallace, the older brother, has a like an idea to bring her in as like a quote-unquote indentured servant to his family. And it's this whole thing. It's terrible. Don't be a woman is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. So that's sort of the general premise of how we, of where we are when we're starting this book. And I can't. I don't want to say a lot because it was a really, it was a great story and I just don't want to spoil anything. But as I've already said, there is, there does come a point where someone or several someones are accused of witchcraft and you get a very detailed account of what the Puritans would do, A, in their sort of, uh, group think to accuse people of being witches and sort of that whole Salem witch trial all of a sudden the teenage girls are all like oh it burns you you get sort of that that group madness to like focus in and accuse someone on being a witch then you get the details of how they punish the so-called witch or witches and then you get the most fucking epic revenge I have oh. ever, ever uh, okay. read. If you are a fan All right. of saying, nah, fuck y'all, I'm gonna get mine. This book <laughs> is the book for you. This book, I would equate the pacing towards like the movie Carrie, where like the first 75% oh. were learning, yeah. you know, details and why things are the way that they are, but it's sort of slow moving. And then sort of without realizing it, you're at the prom covered in pig's blood. And you're like, nah, fuck this whole town. And no Ah! one is safe. That is what the end of this book was like. And it was wild. That sounds good. I mean, I'm like, I say that with a question because like, does it? But the the revenge part sounds wonderful. Yeah. The first part where a whole bunch of men and angry church people are telling me to stop talking sounds like my personal nightmare. Not even touching on the plumbing, (laughs) the antibiotics, the birth control. Like, we're not even going there. Just a bunch of angry church people punishing me for talking sounds like my personal nightmare. But... There is nothing that I love more. I love revenge more than I love bad boyfriends. Like, oh, I love (laughs) that shit. Burn it to the ground. That just really speaks to my heart. Like, sometimes, (laughs) sometimes you see a movie and you just feel really seen, and like, Carrie is my, yeah. Yeah, this very Pisces. I just want to say, like, Pisces is like, no, mama, that is fine. Everything's fine, mama. And then, like, then there's a there's a line that you cross, and that's it. And it's awesome. Burn it to the ground. Oh, that sounds so cool. All the fifth graders out there who are in love with Witch of Blackbird Pond, which I'm pretty sure there aren't any anymore. That was just us in the 90s. Not anymore, yeah. right? Yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah no we're all regretting it. <laughs> Wait till you get to Slewfoot, ladies. Oh, <laughs> man, that sounds so cool. So It really does. A slow burn, but worth it? Yeah, that's that's how I would describe it. And, the, I, and I love a slow burn. So not in romance books. Well, if it's too slow, I'm like, could we get some action going? Could we could we kiss? Yeah. <laughs> right. But I love when things are like sort of atmospheric or in a certain time period and we're going slowly. I'm here for like, let me soak it up. Tell me how awful it is not having any rain and your crops not growing and, you know, your brother-in-law is going to marry you off to his 18-year-old son or whatever. Like... I'm here for all that because at the end, oh my gosh. Yes. I just added it to my yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, these oh, bitches uh, are on their phones while I'm doing my review. <laughs> no, well, you can't see it, but yeah, this is amazing. The cover is gorgeous. Yeah, wow. he painted that. So, and, uh, so I, 
I was unsure. Like I, you know, I I knew you were reading it and I read the description and I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, will this keep me, you know, intrigued, especially during my, I haven't been able to decide what mood I'm in lately when it comes to books. But now I'm like, okay, well, we're going to do this. Yeah. Yeah, We've been looking for witches. They're here. Honestly, Mm -hmm. some of the, some of the greatest revenge writing I've ever read. Perfect. I'm so excited. Oh my god. So what's that title? It's Slewfoot by By Brom. Okay. He's like Binksy. He doesn't have a first name. He doesn't need one. He's too no. epic. He doesn't oh, need that's one. That's so cool. Oh my god. Okay. Added to TBR. Um <laughs> I know what I'm doing tomorrow during work. Uh oh my god. I'm so excited. Okay, so that sounds amazing. I'm so glad that you read that and shared that with us because we have all said at some point or another that we were into witchy vibes and Yes you know, ask and the universe delivereth. That's perfect. Oh my God. Okay. All right. Well, I will tell you about my read, um, my spooky season read. And I was a very good little podcaster. And I actually read the book that the mood wheel told me to read, even though I didn't have to this time or something. I can't remember what our like algorithm is or whatever. Yeah, but I yeah, did it. Yeah. So yeah, 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 I did it. Um, Okay, so I read Dead Silence by S.A. Barnes, and this was because I don't maintain my own TBR list, because I guess I'm too good for that. Oh, is that it? (laughs) I'm just too lazy and I forget stuff. This is why I never do Goodreads. I literally, I just forget Goodreads exists. I'm just you would probably have a solid TBR if you did. Yeah. I, mean, I get very easily <laughs> overwhelmed with like there's just too many good books out there and I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't do it all. I'm going to go watch Bridgerton again. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, but I read this. I read Dead Silence by S.A. Barnes. This was a very solid recommendation from Jane and I honestly feel kind of bad reviewing it because like Jane read it first. Jane was all about it. So feel free, Jane, to like jump in and like give me your input on your like review of this one. So Dead Silence is it's essentially it's a horror novel and it's in space. And so it's saying that it's like the Titanic meets the Shining in a science fiction horror novel in which a woman and her crew board a decades lost luxury cruiser and find the wreckage of a nightmare that hasn't yet ended. A ghost ship, a salvage crew, unspeakable horrors. It's awesome. I would say... Like an 80s movie poster. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) I would say it's not so much Titanic meets The Shining. I mean, I guess. But I would throw in, really, it is... Oh, God. What's it called? I've been saying it, like, every other day. Event Horizon. Event Horizon is such a good horror movie. It's so scary. It has that hot guy from the 80s and 90s that I like who's old. What's his Sam, name? Sam O'Neill? Yeah, him. Sam somebody from Jurassic Park. Yeah, Sam O'Neill, I think is his name. I'm winning this game. You really are. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> he's. I'm probably going to try to watch this shit tonight because it's so good. Okay, so this book is basically Event Horizon in tone and atmosphere and, like, dread and scary haunted spaceship. So, okay, so I'm going to read you the official description because I'm a rambler. So this book is about Claire. She is days away from being unemployed and made obsolete by the company that she works for in space when her beacon repair crew picks up a strange distress signal. Bad news bears never answer distress signals. So Claire has nothing to lose because she's about to get basically fired or let go. Um, And her whole life is her work. So her work is about to disappear. So she's like, I have nothing to lose and I have no desire to return to Earth. So Claire and her team investigate this mysterious distress signal. And what they find is a famous luxury space liner called the Aurora. That disappeared on its maiden voyage of the solar system more than 20 years ago. So basically like discovering the Titanic, but nobody's ever seen it since it disappeared. And it was just like a total shock for everybody. And the crew quickly realizes that because they follow old earth maritime laws, they can claim this salvage and make a ton of money like basically everybody in the crew if they can bring this in they will be set for life they will be millionaires but so they board the the aurora the ship and it's very immediately clear that something is not right 
So this is the part where it becomes like The Shining and like Event Horizon where the crew goes into the Aurora and immediately you're like, oh, fuck, this ship is haunted. <laughs> um, words are scrawled in blood. Uh, people are seeing things out of the corners of their eye. Claire, who is a super unreliable narrator, is seeing things. Now, we know that Claire... Oh, that's, my, that's my favorite kind. Oh, yes. <laughs> Claire is, like, very aware of how unreliable a narrator she is. Yeah. <laughs> she's, like, immediately, she's like, hi, I'm Claire, and I see ghosts, probably. Yeah. Or it's my trauma. I don't know. Because <laughs> ghosts probably aren't real. I've been to a million therapists and they say it's unprocessed grief and I'm seeing dead people. But yeah, whatever. <laughs> so yeah. you're just like, oh my God, I don't know. But then it starts <laughs> to get crazier with her crew and like the atmospheric writing while they're on board the ship is so fucking scary. <laughs> Like, it's amazing. I tore through this book between, I started it after bedtime and finished it by bedtime the next night. And I absolutely dreamed about it for two nights in a row. And so, yeah, that, don't advise that. Yeah, it's terrifying. So, okay. So it's, I say Event Horizon, but Claire is a really sympathetic character. I really liked how well she was like written she was so sympathetic she has been through so much trauma and yet and she's very unreliable she's like i see ghost idk like you know whatever <laughs> i'm messed up but she's still a good leader she's still a good team like member she cares about people in spite of herself there's even a little bit of like a warm sweet romance nothing i will say there's no smut but there's enough of like a spark where you're like oh want them to be okay yeah. i hope he doesn't die <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> and also what i like about it is it's not a straight shot narrative so you start in the present day when claire is recounting what happened to the authorities and trying to piece together and we know that people have died so as you're reading it you learn who has died so we know that off the bat and then she goes back to the past when they're entering the ship and then you go back forward. So the whole time you're like, oh, God, how did this person die? Oh, no, is she next? Like, what are we, uh, what are we going to do? Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Stuff. So you're piecing it together. And then you get to a point like the event horizon <laughs> where <laughs> her narrative has caught up to the present. And then they're like, now we're going back. And you're coming with us. Oh. And you're like, oh, oh ah! don't go back there. <laughs> Never go back to the overlook. Yeah, it's, I got chilled. No. And see, this is, yeah, so I sympathized a lot with her because, like I said, this is how I would die. I would be like, okay, yeah, you're right. We should probably go check on them. The ghosts are very scary. Like, it, they're not hokey or cheesy. They are quite scary. And even though I do want to say that even though I guessed what the big mystery was, because, you know, hair toss. It was still really scary. But even though I was terrible and I was like, I think it's this. And then I was right. Like, it's just done so well. And it's so realistic. And it's so sympathetic. So just like I was saying last time with The Shining, which I'm currently reading, and how it's like uplifting, this book is like that. She wants to live. She wants to save her team. They want to live. Life is full of meaning and purpose. And the way that she finds that out is when she is confronted with ultimate death. So, like, it's very cathartic. And it's just like, oh, my God, she wants to survive. This is going to be crazy. It's so scary. It's so scary. I highly recommend it. It was an incredibly fast read. Basically, it took me a day over, you know, between, like, work and life and stuff like that. Well, but okay, but you read really fast. I read really this fast. This is probably, like, when I am normal person. Normal person three days if it's this was one of the books where i was like literally like holding up my phone like yeah uh-huh sorry what i'm sorry what was that did you say like because i have it <laughs> on my phone reading it while i'm talking to you it was just a crazy page turner this is a great read if you were like it's halloween i want something spooky but i don't want to cry because even though i said Ooh. i was invested i was invested but i it never made me cry and i cry not, really not easily. not that emotionally emotionally yes. enough to where you could feel the the uplifting nature yeah. of her drive to stay alive to survive yeah but, okay but i never okay. cried. i appreciate that yeah because i don't I, like crying I, I don't really do horror i do i mean i you would say thriller is 
a different genre than horror, right? I I think I might read this. I do get scared by ghosties really easily. So um, this might just be too much for me. But I'm into it. So for some reason, when uh, Jane suggested this, (laughs) when she chose it, when I think of space and like horror, I'm thinking aliens. And then I'm immediately like, no, I hate that stuff. Alien is like like my favorite movie ever. But like space plus ghosts and like so I am I'm very intrigued. It's very me. All right. Nora, have you ever seen Event Horizon? No, I had no idea what you you guys were talking about. The marketing for this book did not mention Event Horizon not once. And to me it's not even once. A clear parallel. A missed opportunity. Personally, I like this storyline better than I like the Event Horizon storyline. But in tone and like if you're talking spaceship haunted house and abandoned ship, that's a whole other thing. Abandoned ghost ship, which I rewatched Ghost Ship the other day. Not a good movie. (laughs) This is much better than Ghost Ship. But that for that very specific genre, it's oh my god, it's perfect. So yeah, it's super scary. Event Horizon is also super scary, but less sympathetic. The book? Yeah. Oh god, I loved it. Okay. Yay. I kind of want to read it again. (laughs) I kind of want to go back and be like, ooh, okay, that was that point where this is gonna happen later. Okay, I see it now. Yeah, it's just super scary. That's a big deal. If you say you want to read it again, I feel like that's a big deal. I mean, I reread. You only reread. I know, but you reread like the ones that you love. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're. Well, I will reread when I want to go back to that place and spend a little bit of time there. And even though, mm-hmm. like with The Shining, I'm rereading it right now, and like obviously bad shit happens and it's, it's real stressful. But there's a whole lot of in between stuff, and I'm like, I'll go camp out at the Overlook for a little while with <laughs> the Torrances, knowing that I have yeah. an exit. <laughs> so yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. It's a perfect read for like Halloween is today or soon and you know (laughs) spooky season is almost over officially if you're like i want to do something spooky but you know embrace the moment live my life and embrace spooky season this is the one it's so fast it's so good and at the end you're gonna feel good like about catharsis and the fight for survival and human nature and blah 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 and then you're gonna go watch event horizon and be like sam what's his face it's cute (laughs) <laughs> Neil. I can't remember his last name. Neil. Sam Neil. It's Sam Neil. Neil. Sam Neil is. I would think him Irish. This is another problem with me. I would follow mm-hmm. Sam Neil into a haunted ghost ship if he was like, we got to go mm-hmm. check out this uh, this thing. And I would be like, okay. See, if we were in an event <laughs> horizon scenario, I would stay on the ship. I'd be like, you know what? I'll make the ship. You guys go check out ghost ship. I'll be right here. Enjoy, yeah. <laughs> enjoy my time in space, but not like floating outside. Absolutely not. I couldn't even like really do it in D and D. I was like, please get me out of space immediately. <laughs> it's like me and zombies. Yeah. Like, nope. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Dead Silence by S. A. Barnes. It's super good. Highly recommend it. So. Those are our spooky reads for this spooky season. I'm so sad that Halloween is almost over. But like we said before, it lives forever in our hearts. And realistically, I will probably be reading and reviewing another horror book again soon. But I think it's time for the mood wheel. Dun, dun, dun. Who is the mood wheel choosing for today? Also, who has the uh, widget? Because I don't. Nora. Choosing for me. Historical fiction. Okay. Cool. Ooh, you've got several. Okay. So. Do I? Yeah. We've got Transcendent Kingdom. We've got Yellow Wife. I don't know what that is. And Daisy Jones and the Six. That is what you've got. I have that one on my shelf right now. Ooh. Like it's it's beside me. It's another one of the Mexican Gothic things. I've got Fabulous. it. Fabulous. It's a nice gripping novel about the whirlwind rise of an iconic 1970s rock group and their beautiful lead singer revealing the mystery. I think it's supposed to be I think it's supposed to be Stevie Nicks. I oh. think. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you know, like fictional, like inspired by yeah love for you to read this and then you can tell me if i should commit to reading it because i have yet to do that perfect i can do that and taylor jenkins reed is the author and i've read two of her books one of them was absolutely phenomenal and this book has been like kind of compared to that on the same level 
I read another, like, she's an instant buy for me. Like, I will probably buy most of her books that I can get my hands on. So I would love to read this one. So everybody is happy. Yay! Yes. Yay! <laughs> oh, the I mood did. wheel Nobody's, is so good. The mood wheel has spoken, and Nora has her TBR for next time. Well, thank you, everybody, for coming to book club with us again today and putting up with our crazy ramblings. I have been Emily with my friends Nora and Jane, and we will see you guys next time on Mood Readers. Bye. Jane, Emily, and Nora would like to thank Benji for the theme music. Follow at Mood Readers Podcast on Instagram and let us know if you've read any of the books we covered. We'll talk to you again at the next book club.